Amen. Let's take the time to worship the Lord as he's here. His presence is here. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit that's here to minister to us in each and every situation that we're facing. We know that we have you with us. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, for thou art with us, Lord. Your rod and your staff, your word and your spirit, they comfort us. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you glad that we have confidence in the Lord that no matter what we're facing, that he's with us? He hasn't left us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. No matter what we do, he's still with us. Like a father that cares for his child, so much so the father cares for us. I'm so grateful for that. Amen. Unconditional love from the father. Now, it doesn't mean he's not going to correct us, but he does it in love. Praise God. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise just for a moment. Amen. So let's pray that the Lord would use me to speak to you uh, concerning the Word of God. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I submit myself to you, my heart, my spirit, my life, my words that would be pleasing to you and to minister to your people. We ask for it in Jesus' name. And all agreed said, Amen. Amen. So we honored the graduates today for accomplishing something that uh, is a pathway, a step into uh, what they're going to do in adulthood. You know, you have to go through these steps, and then you, have, you make your own decision. You can decide what you want to do. Isn't that, you know, wide open? But you know what? God already has a plan for them. It's already written in Psalms 139 that there's a book of our lives and all the things that we're supposed to do written down there, and the angels are supposed to help us get to that point. Can I, can I get an amen on that? <laughs> You know, they have this career day. Oh, I want to know what I want to do. No, it's not what you want to do. It's what the Lord has for you because he gives you certain gifts and talents that he wants you to use for him. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But how many of you know that the world is upside down? Have you noticed that? If you were to play a newsreel today, uh, 10 years ago, People would say, no, that's impossible. That'll never happen. It could never happen. It's like being in the twilight zone. You know, I turn on the TV and I'm going like, do people really believe this, what's going on? And uh, so, but we want to know what are our schools actually t teaching our children? That, that they say that America is a prejudiced country and that a lot of our history is tainted that we don't have the heroes that we thought we had. They say it's okay to change your sex, change your gender. It's okay. You could do it without parental consent. If you told me that 10 years ago, my mother would say, I don't think so, son. You know, you're a boy, you're going to be a boy, and that's the way it is. Amen? They say it's okay to marry someone of opposite sex. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible has clear instructions on a, the man and a woman are supposed to come together. They say it's okay to have an abortion. It's no big deal. Huh? Well, uh, I don't think so. Our educators are saying now that when we enroll our students into school, that we give up the rights to what they're going to be taught. I don't think so. That, that, that can't be right. Are you kidding me? That we give up the right to say what, our, our, what we want our children to uh, do? And then they say, if you're a minority, you're doomed to poverty because the system is against you. But the Bible says, if God be for you, who? <laughs> who can be against you? They say the odds are stacked against you. I say the odds are stacked for us, amen? Because God is on our side and he's winning and doing things for us. I know I can remember my dad, 
He was a foster child, living on a farm in New York. But he studied and he applied himself for the gifts and talents that he had. He became a, a mechanic, uh, airline mechanic in the Navy. Then he went to TWA. He, he uh, stayed there. He was planted. He knew what his gift was. He stayed there. And now, as, when he died, he, had a, he amassed a, a fortune of a million dollars. Going from his foster child, not knowing who his mom and dad was, to becoming, you know, financially secure. We can't give in and say, oh, yeah, you know, because I'm a minority, I can't succeed. That's not true. And then they teach in schools. What are they teaching in schools? That evolution is not a theory anymore, it's fact. Come on, talk to me. That can't be right. Totally against what the Bible says. The Bible says what? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and formed man, what? Out of the dust of the earth, and breathed into him the living breath of God, and he became a living soul. Not that he uh, evolved from a monkey, okay? So when I was growing up, and I told my son this, he said, where'd you learn that? I go, ah, you know, I've been around. He said, we used to mock evolution by, by this little rhyme, this little poem, and we used to say, first I was a tadpole swimming in the sea, then I was a monkey swinging from a tree. Now I'm a professor with a PhD. Now that just doesn't work, does it? Can you? <laughs> we went to Kennedy Space Center and we saw the, the brains that had to be used to get a, a rocket ship to the moon. Fascinating. Four, over 400 you know, scientists and electricians and people that could do that. And I said, well, even more amazing is a God that gave that kind of brain power to humans. What kind of brain power does he have, right? The Bible says that nothing is too difficult. Nothing is impossible with him. But now let me give you a little history of American education. In the early, early American schools, private schools and public schools, they used the Bible as a textbook. The Bible was a textbook. That's what you taught from. That was what you had guidance from. It was a devotional guide. And this is what, you know, we've abandoned that. What's happened? In Harvard, the early American schools were religious institutions. Harvard was named after a Christian minister named Reverend John Harvard. Yale was started by clergymen to educate congressional ministers and was originally restricted to theology and sacred languages. Isn't that something? Yale was, was, was meant to be a teaching uh, school, and, and in Princeton, it was founded by Presbyterians in 1746 in order to train ministers for the work of the Lord. What do you mean? Harvard, Yale, and Princeton don't believe that anymore. What's happened? They've abandoned the Bible. They've abandoned the teachings in the Bible. And uh, because they've given up on evolution and they took God out of schools, took God out of their teaching, they have given up the Bible, which is their starting point, and have accepted a faulty naturalistic view of the world. So we as a church, hallelujah, we as the people of God who follow the word of God, we must teach our children the right, right way, the way of the Lord, so that when they grow up, they can discern what's right and what's wrong. I'm telling you, the world is indoctrinating our children and convincing them successfully that their way of thinking is right. They have friends that, you know, are gay. We love the gay people. They're childs of God, but they have to know the biblical uh, perspective. They have friends that have changed their sex, and they they're friends with them. They're in their schools, they and they're friends with them. They have friends that have had abortions. 
Well, how do we talk to them? What do we tell them in biblical perspective? Our schools need to get back to developing our children's gifts and talents and how to uh, be productive in everyday life. So let's, let's look at how Jesus talked uh, about using your gifts and your talents. How many, do you know you all have gifts and talents? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Even though they may be small, maybe not very you know, impressive, but you all have gifts and talents that God wants us to use. So let's look at this in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. You ready for this? All right, you ready for some word? All right. The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to one he gave two, and to another he gave one, each according to their own ability. Not everyone had the same talents. I always wish I had better, more talent. Don't you ever wish you could, like, speak better or, you know, you had more brain power or you could come up with inventions, you know? Why, why don't I do that? I can't even sing like Ron. I mean, that's not fair. I tried to play the guitar one time, and it's like my hands got all stuck in the things. And I tried to play the piano. My, hands were too, my fingers were too short. I tried to play the trumpet, and all I got, pff, pff, pff. I go, this, forget that, you know. I can play baseball, but that's about it, and basketball and football, but that's okay. But not everyone has the same gifts. Based on their ability, God gives you gifts. And so he, the master went immediately on a journey. After a long time, he came back. Now, a lot of times people think, oh, Jesus is not coming back. I'll just do what I want. Uh, wrong. Uh, they think that he's not going to hold you accountable. But the Bible says that he came back and he wanted to give an account. Give me an account of what you did with the talents that I gave you. And one said, well, you know, I had five and I made five, and here it is. And what did he tell him? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. He didn't say, well done, thou smart, intelligent, well-to-do servant. He said, faithful, faithful, be faithful with what you have. And I don't think that he just went and got five automatically. He might have got three, then lost two, then gained four, then lost one. How many know that's the way it is when you invest things, when you try to do things? So he said, uh, what did he tell him? Well done. Thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. Isn't that nice? Now, the guy that had two talents, he got the same accommodation. He said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You had two, you, brought, you made two. Good, I'm glad. That's good. The Lord said to him, well done. He says, I will make you ruler. Since you've been faithful and little, I'll make you ruler over many. Both servants got the same accommodations. God wants us to be faithful in our calling. Did you know that? Whatever God has given you, it may even be just teach in children's church. That, that, that's being faithful. Maybe you'll play the piano, you know, in church. The Bible says that in, in 1 Corinthians 4.2, Moreover, it is required in students that a man be found faithful. God's looking for faithfulness. Amen. He's faithful. He wants us to be faithful. He wants us to be planted where we're at. You know, when you plant a tree in your garden, you watered it. And you go home and you sleep and you wake up. You don't want the, plant, the, the, the tree to go to another part of the garden, do you? It's supposed to stay there where you planted it. And God plants us in churches where we're supposed to be. We're not supposed to be moving around and doing all this kind of stuff. God says, I need you to be planted so that you can grow. So God is here to help us. So, but then there was this one guy. Let's look at this one guy. He who received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man. 
reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. Oh, ready, scaredy cat. I was afraid. And when I hid your talent in the ground, look, here's what you gave me, and I'm giving it back to you. We're not supposed to be afraid in the kingdom of God. We're not supposed to have excuses. How many of you have excuses? Well, you know, my body's not feeling too good today. We've had a couple of people that came today said, man, my body wasn't acting right. But I told my body we're going to church. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. And so we're supposed to serve. That's why we try to use everybody in the church to do service to the Lord. Bob Lopez gets so excited. He said, man, I get to serve today. I get to pass out the pizza. I just felt the anointing serving the people of God. Amen? Amen. Praise God. We had, uh, uh, Ellen told us, she said, Pastor, use me wherever you want to use me. I'm just glad to serve. Amen? We had Elmo and his family, Mary and Sam, serving uh, last week. It's a family affair. You're supposed to serve. You get the juices flowing when you serve. For VBS, we had over 20 volunteers using their talents. And the most surprising to me was Bindi. I'll tell you, this girl, I know she likes to create things. She's very good in crafts. And she loves kids. So her and Letty are in the room there teaching the kids, and she was like, a glow. She said, this, I found my calling here <laughs> to help. Them. I want to do this every month. Can I do this every month? Once, once a Sunday, can I come in here? And I looked in there, and here you got three or four-year-olds just intense trying to do their craft. I go, what did you do? Did you drug them? What, what did you, how did, how did you get them to stay in one place, you know? Then we had Margaret and Maggie and Sylvia and Elena outside teaching the kids, inside teaching the kids, out by the pool, into the sand. They were just so excited. Every child said, I loved VBS. I didn't like it when it ended. Everyone. That's a pretty good record, 100% record, isn't it? Now, a lot of people make excuses, even in the Bible. Can you think of some people in the Bible that made excuses? I can think of a couple. Uh, Moses. Pardon me? Peter, uh, I don't have him down here, but <laughs> let's stick to the script here. <laughs> Moses, the great leader who took the children of Israel out of Egypt. God came to him and said, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. He had five excuses. He said, who am I? I'm not qualified. I'm on the backside of the mountain. I, I don't even talk that good. They won't believe me, and... How can I say, who can I say sent me? Then his last excuse was, I want you to get somebody else. Five excuses. The Bible says that God was, what, angry with Moses. Moses, I've set you up for this. This is your time. This is your season. What do you mean you're not ready? Praise God. Is he saying that to you? Is it your time? Is it your season? Are you ready to serve, do some things in the church, around the church, for people? You know, we have a visitor Sunday next week. Amen. Everybody's excited about that. You get a chance to bring somebody that hasn't been to church, and they get a free towel, you and them. Now, a lot of people say, well, you know, you shouldn't use that as a, you know, stick to bring people in, but, you know, God rewards us. Amen. We want to reward you, too, for doing good things. So the Bible says that God was angry with Moses. Then Gideon, he came to Gideon. He said, oh, mighty man of valor, I want, you to, I want to use you to defeat the Philistines. And what did he say? I, I don't think so. Uh, my clan is the weakest, and I am the least in the family of my clan, so I don't think so. Amen. 
God said, look, I'm calling you, and you go in the strength that I'm calling you to do. Whatever you're supposed to do, God will give you the strength to do it. Praise God. I, I like Gina. She volunteered for VBS four, four days where she had to get up early. She said, I don't know, Pastor. I, I like to sleep in, and so I might not show to about 10 or so. I go, no, that, that, that won't work, girl. <laughs> but lo and behold, come 9 o'clock, here comes Dina, uh, just happy as can be. I said, the Lord woke you up. And she said, yeah, she, he did, you know. Some people say the, the alarm clock wakes you up. But you take your alarm clock and put it in forest lawn and see how many people wake up. You know, they're not, it's not the alarm clock. It's the Lord that wakes you up. How about Saul? Saul, they wanted to inaugurate him to be king. God had already called him to be a, a king and a prophet. And he was hiding in the baggage when they're having the inaugurational service. They said, okay, we want to introduce our new king, Saul. Where is he? Where, where did he go? Excuse me. Where is he? They found him hiding in the luggage. He says, I'm not really a king. You know, I, I've never done this before. I'm not really a warrior. I, I'm more just a pretty boy, you know, tall, dark, and handsome. And Everybody says how good looking I am, but I don't think king. I don't think that's my thing. But God said, even to Joshua, what did he say? If you're scared, don't be scared. Only be strong and of good courage. You be strong and of good courage to do the word of God. God will empower you and trust you to do his work. So just, you just go out there on the plank. You know, I'm going, Lord. Are you with me? All right. So now what about this one guy that says, I got your talents, I hit them, and now that you're here, I'm going to give them to you. What did God say to him? Let's look at it. Verse 26. But the Lord answered and said to them, to him, you wicked and lazy servant. Huh. That's, that's not a good thought, is it? You don't want God to call you wicked and lazy. <laughs> so I looked that up. I go, did he really mean wicked and lazy? Yeah, he did. That word lazy means unproductive, worthless. You're no good to me. Amen. Some wives say that to their husbands. You're no good to me. No. <laughs> Sitting on the couch. What are you doing? So he says, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. At least you could have put the money in the bank and I could have had interest. You should have done something, right? Now, this guy, God was uh, uh, correcting him because he was, uh, his heart was not, his heart was evil. He wasn't saved. He wasn't, see, when you get saved, you want to serve the Lord, don't you? Lord, what can I do for you? You, you saved me. You changed my life. You, you turned my, uh, my world right side up. What can I do for you? And so we spend our whole lives trying to please him. Not that we're saved by works, but because we're saved, we want to work for him. It's just in you. It's just in you to, to want to, to have that same love that he's given you. You want to give it to others. So God said to, so this, uh, you ought to have deposited the money in the, with the bankers, and at my coming, I would have received you back uh, my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to that who has 10. For to everyone who has more will be given, and he will have abundance. Isn't that good news? If you're faithful, he'll give you more and more and more. I heard one brother said, you know, the Lord is just overflowing me with blessings. David said, what? My cup runneth over. I don't know how, how many bank accounts I can keep. It's just like it's just running over. <laughs> 
I just have one good thing after another, day after day, week after week. How good can it get? God never runs out of his goodness to us. So he says, for to everyone who has more will be given, and he will have abundance from him who does not have. And, and here's, the, re, here's the, the judgment on this unjust, worthless, no good for nothing servant. <laughs> Did you ever see that movie, Dirty Rotten Scandals? No? All right. Cast the unprofitable servant into the utter darkness there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Ouch. What, what is that a description of? Hell itself. So look, at you, you weren't really saved. If you're saved, you don't hide your talent. You just say, okay, I'm saved. And you get to the pearly gates and said, okay, uh, I think I'm saved. And he said, I never knew you. You never, I, I talked to you. I asked you to do some things. Like uh, Charles was saying that Michael reached out to a lady that was older. He just, it just came out of him. He doesn't talk that much, but when he saw someone that had a need, he was there. It just came out. Praise God. So there's a risk in using your talents, isn't it? Some people say, oh, I don't want to say, I don't want to talk. I don't want to say anything. You got to talk. You got to say something. When people are in trouble, you have to speak the word of God. And sometimes people won't always appreciate what you're saying, but you have to speak out and say, what the Lord is giving you to say. So in my life, they told me, oh, you'll never be a pastor. You'll never play baseball, college level. You'll never be a graduate of college. You'll never finish your master's. Huh, are you kidding me? I did all that. Despite what they were saying. Amen? Because they were looking at the outside, and God was looking on the inside. Look inside and see what God is speaking to you to do. And as you do that, God will reward you. So we got four lessons from today's message. You ready? First lesson is, we are not all created with equal skills and talents. Shucks. <laughs> we're all equal in terms of value to the Lord, but we're not all equal in terms of the distribution of talents and abilities. So don't compare yourself to somebody else. Do what God has called you to do, and he will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Just be faithful. The Bible says the faithful man will abound in blessings. Lesson number two, it's not how much you have, it's what you do with it. Praise God. God expects us to manage the talents that we're given, whether it be few or many. We are stewards of those talents. It doesn't matter how many you have, it matters what you do with them. Praise the Lord. Am I talking to somebody here? Somebody getting this? What, what has God called you to do? You know, and you say, well, I don't know. Look inside your heart. The closer you get to him, he will, re will reveal it to you. It's already written down in the book of life. It's already written down what you're supposed to do. You know, I had this story I tell the children's church. When I was 10 years old, I used to play baseball a lot, and I was with a team, and I wasn't the best, but I wasn't the worst player. I was right in the middle. But I had my friends, they, were, they excelled, and so they got all the attention. And so one day, uh, the coach came to me, he goes, uh, Chuck, how are how you, how you feeling today? I go, good, coach, good, good. He goes, no, 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 sit down, let's talk. Okay, so he talked about me and to me and ministered to me, made me feel good. Oh, yeah, coach, you love me? Oh, yeah, great. I feel good. In my heart, I said, you know, if I ever grow up, I'm 10 years old, if I ever make it to be an adult, I will want to return that same favor back to another 10-year-old child. I just 
said that in my heart. So at 20, I went astray, went this way, <laughs> got away from the Lord, way away from the Lord. And then so at 30, after 10 years, I said, I need to get back to the Lord. How many of you have ever had that experience where you get so far away, you know, I need to come back right now. So I came back to the Lord, and then I went to a church, and uh, Marianne was with me at the time, and I said, uh, I think I like this church. I think the Lord is planting us here. So the children's church director came to me, and he said, I think you would be good in children's church. I said, I don't think so. You know, just because I'm short, you think that I would be good with children's church. I said, I'm going to go down into the basement, and nobody's ever going to say, I'm supposed to preach the word of God. That was what the Lord told, you know, wanted me to do. And he said, well, just go home and pray about it. Okay, well, whatever. And so I went home and prayed, and guess what the Lord said to me? He said, didn't you say, if you ever got to be old, that you want to return back to a child, that good feeling that you had? He said, this is your time. This is your moment. This is the this is what I've called you to do for this season. So I went back and told the guy, yeah, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> the Lord arrested me. He, he got me in. Then I found out that God blessed Abraham because he taught his children and his children after him. It's not supposed to stop with you. It's supposed to continue. And then we find out that, you know, when you get saved as a child, that's a full salvation. When you're an adult and you get saved, that's a half salvation because you only have half your life left. <laughs> Amen. So I learned to reach to the children. Lesson three, you will be held accountable. You think you can get by, skirt by, and say, okay, I'm just going to slip into heaven. Whoop, nobody noticed me. God said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me hold, bring that guy over here. <laughs> we'll be judged according to our own ability. We're not saved by works, but because we're saved, we want to do works. And the last thing is God is more concerned with our character rather than our performance. If you have two talents and you make two, he's happy with that. Praise God. So the lack of producing was just a byproduct of his heart. How can you be so cold-hearted not to reach out to somebody? I just admire the, some of the people in this church that reach out to the poor, those that are in prison, those that don't have anything to do. They're there to help. God has put it in their heart to do that. So a faithful man will abound in blessing. Just be faithful to what he has given you. Amen? Let's close our eyes and acknowledge the Lord right now. I wanted to give this last story. It just caught me right now. But God wants to use the broken. He wants to use those that are damaged, those that have had scars in their life, because he can minister through, it, through them. We went to Solvang one, one year, and I didn't like anything on the menu, so I just give me a hot dog. So they put it on the grill, and they gave me that hot dog. That was the best hot dog I ever ate. I said, oh, my gosh. Where did you get those hot dogs? They go, Costco. Really? So I went to Costco, and I got some hot dogs, and I got a real nice frying pan, real pretty stainless steel, and I put the hot dog on there and cooked it up, and I went to eat it, and I thought I'm going to get that same taste. Nothing. Just like regular hot dog. So about a year later, I went, and I said, man, I, I got this hot dog here, and it tasted so good. Why does it not taste that way for me at home? He said, I had that same problem. He said, this grill that we have is 50 years old. It's got a lot of, uh, you know, time. It's got a lot of juices in it. 
And so it has a lot of history. You have a lot of history. You got a lot of juices in you. You got a lot of things that God wants to use. Amen. It may be blackened. It may be ugly, but God wants to use you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today that we can do those things that you've called us to do. We give you praise and glory and honor for it in the name of Jesus. Lord, provoke us unto doing your good works to the glory of God. And all agreed said, amen. Amen.